Welcome to episode 244 of the Sound Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week, sadly, only by my co-host Peter. That's right. It's the anodized aluminum edition of the cast. Starting the new year, the old cast is gone, by which I mean Jake. (laughs) He's he's just going to take the whole year off. Never mind, he'll be here next week. Yeah. But considering how 2020 went. I'm, it may I'm, be an entire year before week two of 2021. I, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm sure there were some people that got your hopes up. When you said, just, <laughs> those people would be wrong. Uh, but what? I forget what was our first. What was what was our first episode with Jake? I think it was was Wonder Woman, or Wonder Woman was like the first or second. Oh, um, amazing. Or Wonder Woman was the first big one. I don't remember what the first one we did with Jake. He might not have actually watched it, or that happened early on too, where it's like Jake, you gotta watch oh, yeah. this stuff. <laughs> you can't just you can't just talk about it. That's the uh, that's, that's the Jake way. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, in his absence, we are coming live from an arms manufacturing warehouse in Canada, uh, yeah. where there. are Little elves, little elves walking around with deep and rich lore, <laughs> <laughs> deeper than, deeper than it deserves, and more than it deserves is is the words that would describe best, Fat Man, which was the movie, one of the movies we watched this week. We watched I also, several movies this week. That's true. I did a lot um, of twenty twenty uh, cleanup, watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, okay. I've seen Soul. Um, I saw one other movie that was like had just come out. I guess Fat Man, I think, was the other mm-hmm. one. So and yeah, I've been cleaning up like the end of twenty twenty watch list. Yep, we I saw all of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Kurt could only stomach the first half an hour. I don't blame him. Um, we could talk about that now, so we could spare you the torture of having to watch the whole thing. Um. But do we want to torture Jake by making him watch the whole thing? That's why you pay you the big bucks. <laughs> um, so I'm already like halfway in. The sunk cost fallacy says I might as well just... <laughs> right. How crazy does it get? Because it gets crazier. It, the first half an hour somehow is only... It, was, it wasn't like particularly crazy. It was just like very uninteresting. So I was watching it thanksgiving or or christmas one of the two um Mm -hmm. no it came out on christmas so it would have been christmas not thanksgiving uh so i was watching on christmas i was over at my girlfriend's house and her family had it on and uh i got really bored and it was about time to come home to to feed the rabbits so i was like i'm gonna bail and I'll, i'll i was planning on finishing watching it but then i was like there's other movies that i'd rather watch right now than finish this so i i plan to i plan on finishing it anyway and then we can do a full review of that but it's bad folks um oh it's bad it's really not good and a lot of people seem really surprised but i think those people have a inflated or distorted 
memory of Wonder Woman. Because, well, Wonder Woman was not a bad movie. It wasn't as great a movie as it was made out to be by the press and stuff. It was just, to that point, the best effort that DC had been able to muster. And, of course, um, you know, it's got a pretty lady in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was... I, I remember a lot of the reviews at the time weren't, this is amazing. It was, this isn't terrible. What? What a surprise. Yeah, and there were a lot of cheesy cornball shit in that movie, too, that I pointed out. I'm like, well, this is like fucking silver 1960s Batman uh, TV show level of Goonie. Um, mm-hmm. And people were like, it was so campy. I'm like, well, they just... The war setting limited the camp that they were able to do <laughs> in the yeah, first one. Is, it was unrestricted this time around. I think what happened was people saw Shazam and saw the the producers saw, excuse me, that it was um, reva- uh, reviewed favorably or got critical praise, even though not a lot of people, not as many people saw it as they did Aquaman because uh, my man, because Jason. God is dead. <laughs> And they're like, that was like a funny, campy kind of deal. Why don't we just take all of that and we put it into a Wonder Woman movie and then Professor Newtonium spilled Chemical X all over it and it became Wonder Woman 1984. I read a couple uh, reviews that theorized that um, because Wonder Woman was such a critical success um, that like everyone just kept inflating uh patty jinx ego because she wasn't criticized for anything really um and she just dialed her stuff up to 11 and you got joel schumacher levels of uh let's not (laughs) why is the see now i'm surprised that it happened to wonder woman before it happened to superman that it got to like crazy because it happened with batman we got the mega camp and then we also got the mega camp um wonder woman but not superman superman like four and some of the later supermans like when like when you get to the point where he's flying backwards around the world to reverse time or whatever the fuck he did in one of them Mm -hmm. Um, that's true although i guess i i consider that like older Although I don't even remember. Well, the, we haven't had a super out. camp Batman since 1997. Yeah, but I was alive for then, so it's like it's not that long. It's not. <laughs> it hasn't been 20, 23 years. No, no. I think that was the 80s. Uh, Superman for the quest for peace. 1987. Yes. 19, wow. almost 90s. So yeah, almost. So I guess I guess it. I guess it. They led the charge there. Almost qualifies for nineties month. <laughs> Almost. Um. Yeah. Wow. So we'll have a full review of that a little later. Forthcoming. Uh, uh we don't know what the schedule is going to be like because, like I said, we've been doing a bit of twenty twenty watch list cleanup, and there's there's still some stuff that we have to get to, like jujitsu. And oh, is that out? Oh shit. Yeah, that's out. It'll be uh, it's on the Plex server already, actually. Okay, fantastic. Um, and uh, Soul, 
we I watched that, so that that's on the the queue. We have to get to that eventually because it's a, the big Pixar release. I stand by Sonic the Hedgehog as best picture though, because Soul was fine, but it was mm-hmm. just fine. It's not like one of it's not Coco level good. Right. It's it's better than like Cars two or planes. <laughs> a lot of things that are better than Cars two, but. I don't know. That would be, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But someone should. One of you guys who is feeling per- particularly masochistic should compare Cars two versus Planes and see which one is the better spinoff. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, we didn't see Soul till after, so I don't count it. Screw yeah. you. Oh uh, well, yeah, I hadn't seen it at the time, and but uh, I, I don't think I would have given it that honor even had i seen it Mm -hmm. except for maybe the the like default of like me forgetting that sonic had come out in 2020 (laughs) and not having looked it up um but yeah so we got a lot of stuff we gotta get to hi mr man and uh so the the schedule is gonna get a little crazy there will be plenty. We'll never have to be like, what are we doing this week? Because we'll have a, a queue like 15 deep. Mile long. But yeah. it's going to gonna take some time for us to get through it all. Uh, it's, it's not going to take us that long to get through these trailers, though, because there's not a yep. whole lot this week. Yeah, there's there's a couple. Um, 2020. It's January time. Time for the... Uh, apparently, it's time for the fe- the film festivals to start rolling out their uh their releases and they're all like one or two people productions because covid hooray they all happen to be outside isn't that strange yeah first up we have lapsus Mm -hmm. a movie i believe about a bomb disposing robot Um, I can explain this one. There on the trailer I sent you in the description, it's kind of the synopsis. Right. So it's basically, um, hey, look, guys, the gig economy sucks. It doesn't suck being like an Uber driver or something, except it's like an alternate present. So in the story, I guess quantum computing. It's quantum computers. <laughs> They're setting up a big network, and I think the director was an Uber driver who also played Death Stranding. It was like, people walking places. <laughs> what a concept. This is the first Strand-type movie. <laughs> um, so the, the plot is, you get these you know these people who are down on their luck, like the main character's son is sick or whatever, and he gets a gig job doing being a cabler, which is laying cable, which is not laying cable at all. He just walks through the woods with wires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Totally unprotected to hook up cubes. Big old forest cubes, which are, I guess, the quantum nodes or whatever. Sure. Um, and he gets paid for it. But then the robots are automating the job. Then he has to work faster than the robots if he wants to get paid. Oh, so he's John Henry? Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know what? That's that's what's going to happen. He's going he's gonna to die from overwork after you know laying some really long cable or whatever. Kurt, you just spoiled the whole movie for everyone. Now we don't have to watch it. <laughs> a film by Noah Hutton. 
Yep. Um, I really want you to know that he he did this. So I hope it's not bad because that's going to be on your IMDb forever, buddy. Forever. Um, it it looks fine. It looks um, it's got some it's got some independent movie kind of comedy in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's got some. It's it's kind of it's it's a wacky sort of uh, mishmash of concepts, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first strand type movie, so we can't really fairly evaluate it against anything other than itself. Mm-hmm. He's a porter and he works for Bridges, so his name is Sam Porter Bridges. <laughs> Perfect. Dude, I'm so sad that he's leaving Polygon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian David Gilbert. He I was, really was like, Peter David just showed me this shit in September and you're ending it, you fuck? <laughs> Damn it! Hopefully he gets a contract somewhere else. I want more content from him. More yeah, content. but just it won't be the same as just putting paper against black walls. Speaking of uh, Christmas present, I've don't worry. I've seen more movies than this. This is the bucket list of all the hundred movies or whatever. Yeah, and one I've of my new years. I just haven't taken my. my my shiny penny to him yet i have the same poster i've been scratching mine off this morning uh i need to figure out a way to clean it because like that residue it gets fucking everywhere it's disgusting oh yeah um i would say i don't know actually yeah oh i'm sure there's how to's online but yeah my goal for this year is to try to check off every box on that list i'm already about halfway there so mm-hmm. it's not too bad uh but yeah, that's that's one of the things I want to try to get through there. Um, just like I want to try to get through this next trailer, which is uh, Seder, which is unfortunately not the uh, Passover horror movie that we've all been waiting for. They want we we've been claiming we've been crambling and scrambling for a Hanukkah movie for a while now, but this is no, it's it's Dear Cultists in the Woods, you know the usual. What you gonna do, yeah. man? North American forests. They're Don't so, ever you know, go even... there. Like camping is yeah. dangerous. <laughs> That's why it went out of style. Not not because of evolving technologies and Airbnb. It's because fucking there's all sorts of crazy hill people, axe murderers, and deer cultists <laughs> in the woods. Travel advisory's gone out. Don't camp in the woods. It's dangerous. There's quicksand. <laughs> These are just simple cultists trying to live their culture and you're intruding upon it you goddamn imperialists he's an arrow to the neck you animal you, colon- you colonizers <laughs> um so hunter goes out into the woods and old lady talks to a camera those these things are not don't seem to be connected at all um no don't really know where old lady fits into the movie but uh i assume no, she's they... a deer cultist mm-hmm they um he's like scary things are happening i guess he wanders around the woods and goes ah ah i'm a dog <laughs> pupper no and pupper leaves and comes back no he doesn't come back um <laughs> uh he sees a skull in the woods which is shorthand for blair witch yeah and then he walks into uh an indiana jones temple i guess He's like, is this where the golden deer skull is? Will this grant me eternal life? (laughs) 
and then a lady lights her house on fire with a the candle and a bucket of gasoline. What a movie! What a Check movie! Check it out. Check it out, Jackie baby. Check it out. Yeah. It, see now, if you replaced this random hunter with Samurai Jack, this would be a great episode of Samurai Jack. Yeah. Where he's like stalking through the woods. It's all quiet. And like the deer called yeah, and comes out and kills him like, like primal. This is just a, this it's just, just an episode of primal with some dude. Actually, I think I saw that episode of primal. It's a good. I need to finish the series. I'm like two episodes from the new from getting through all the new episodes. Oh, I haven't even noticed that there were new episodes. Oh yeah, there's like five new episodes. Oh, I'll have to check them out good. at some point. Um. Uh, that? Though I did watch all of uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, not the Clone Wars, Clone the Wars, Clone Wars. Um, Star Wars, like an Kennedy afternoon, Wars. and it was it was wonderful. It's it's so bingeable. It you yeah. just sit there and you're like, I'm in a trance <laughs> because I watch all of Kennedy Star Wars. <laughs> Most of them are the whole thing's like three hours. Like you can watch the entire series in an afternoon, basically. Um, and it's Perfect. really good. My girlfriend went from, I'm never going to watch all of this to, well, that's it? There's no more? <laughs> Over the course <laughs> of the the run. So, uh, Speaking uh, of animated things. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather not ear- speak of this. <laughs> what, Earwig and the Witch? Yeah. Yeah, um, it just... it's from it's from Goro Miyazaki, who I know only for not being... who. For being a failure to his father <laughs> on his first project i forget what his first project was but he got like a letter his dad walked out of the theater on his the premiere of his first movie we like, dis- brought great dishonor to this family exactly because Hi- hayao miyazaki he makes really wholesome movies but he is one tough motherfucker he is a he's demanding asian dad like cranked all the way up like imagine your dad being Hayao Miyazaki, and you still want to go into animation. <laughs> what a wild choice. So now he, I guess he's been gifted the company name. He's going on it. And he made this, which this movie looks like a Dragon Quest uh, cutscene. Yeah, it does kind of look like the newer Dragon Quest game. Um, it The dubbing, dubbing looks really bad in yeah. CG. It, it's, uh... it's, a, it's a shame. It just does not translate. I, the first thing I did when I saw this was I looked at this movie, and then I looked at the trailer again for Lupin the Third, the first, which I think is out for digital distribution now. So I might we'll put that on the docket too. All right. And I was like, that animation is so much better than this. Yeah. Because they're they're trying really hard to emulate a two D style, and they're not taking advantage of all the lovely things you can do with three D animation. Which is, this is the this is the tipping point. These last, I would say, two three years, is when people finally figured, Japan finally figured out how to do three D animation for anime. Right. Because you have a you have a mix now that there's like the janky stuff. There's Berserk twenty sixteen, <laughs> which was a dumpster fire, and then you go all the way to Studio Orange and B Stars, which is people are finally like what. CG anime is good, and I was like, I knew this two years ago. <laughs> I knew this before Beastars came out. You goofs. Um, so the, it's finally taken hold, but 
I don't think uh, Studio Ghibli is going to catch the wave here. Yeah, I don't really know that. Uh, the animation is really what's holding this movie back. I think it's got other issues. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It looks like um, it's it's very generic. Girl gets adopted by witches. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it, yeah, just it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dead wrong, and maybe this, it, the story is really good, and people are just gonna be like, "Oh man, if we can like just as fans recreate the movie in two D, it'll be great." <laughs> um, maybe I'm maybe that's where it's at. But to me, it just looks painfully unoriginal, and uh, I, I don't, I don't care for Miyazaki stuff on the best of times. <laughs> really? Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, his movies are always like just like it. forty-five minutes longer than they need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the attention span for Spirited Away. That's going to be the hardest box on that poster for me. <laughs> gotta watch it i think you can watch it with diane she'll get you through it like you got her through oh so many movies um, lean on her for that emotional support <laughs> to watch studio ghibli um studio giblets and that's the last new one we got another i got the trailer oh do we white already talk tiger. about white tiger yeah they had come up at on movie clips uh like a, a couple months ago Gotcha. Um, I don't know if this is a new trailer or not, but um, I don't think you watched it at the time. So if you want to give your thoughts, feel free. Um, I don't have many thoughts. It looks, it looks like a Netflix movie. I guess that is it's part of their their new push. I that guess is an for, accurate um, description of what it is for Indian cinema in in Netflix, which I guess is funny because apparently it's not available on. Netflix India. <laughs> There's a lot just of Indian Americans. Yes. They want to tap into that rich market. Because, mm. like, this is the weird thing and why it feels very hard to quantify and why so many people don't want to move away from movie theaters because no one's figured this shit out yet. Um, it's very hard to quantify how much impact a new release has on a streaming service especially in a, a content exclusive like this, because your current subscribers aren't going to go up. Like you're not going to, they're not going to resubscribe again watching this movie. So I don't know how good a measure subscriber count is. I guess mm -hmm. the theory is if you maintain your subscriber count, the movies are working because people aren't canceling their subscriptions. And if it's going up, it's going up. But I don't know that you can really necessarily judge the impact of a movie based on the, the move and subscriber count when it comes out because people might subscribe earlier to have it for that and watch some of the other stuff on Netflix in the meantime. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really hard to say metrics. what kind of impact on the analytics. I, think I would say that the impact of... Um the subscriber count is uh, retention rate after the free trial period. So when a movie comes out, they measure everyone who subbed on around that time, and then you track them as the sub the period lapses because that's what they care about is yeah when can we start billing them? 
and everyone who uh, was like, all right, we're done. Saw it, and I'm done. I'm not going to stay on. Um, they'll, that's what, that's their, that's what's important to them is can we at least get them onto the service so they start paying? And that's, you know, I, I guess that's their bottom line. <laughs> and they have I, all their other, whatever other metrics they might use kind of feed into that. Oh, I didn't know Jiu-Jitsu was directed by the same guy who directed Kickboxer Vengeance. I feel like I heard that somewhere, but that is that is amazing. Oh, he was a producer. Maybe he directed it as well. Director. He directed Kickboxer Retaliation. Mm-hmm. But not vengeance. But so we—it's—it's a, it's a guy who's had experience with kung fu named movies before. Yes. He's um, going to. I love, I love when we did our quick like two-word review of Kickboxer Vengeance. And there's a kickboxer and he wants vengeance. It's really all in the title. You got what you need there. <laughs> watch it. And watch it. Elaborate. I need to see if there's a. I'm look now. I'm thinking about other movies that are just named after fighting styles. There's um. There's the Tai Chi. There's that Tai Chi movie where the guys like, I know Tai Chi, and they're like, that's a fighting style for old grandmas in the park. He's like, no, I can do it. I can actually fight with Tai Chi, and then he loses. Well, well the idea the I think of Tai Chi, at least originally, is that like, you speed up the motions. You're just practicing. Uh, in slow motion for whatever benefit that provides mm -hmm. meditative purposes probably strictly yeah um, there is no movie named Krav Maga yet well we've written a, ba a bunch of bad horror movies maybe we should give an action movie shot Krav Maga which is that one's a good one exterior um, Israel <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, it's called Tai Chi. There's Tai Chi Master that has... Um, There's a lot that are just Kung Fu, like Kung Fu Hustle and... Yeah, oh, Man of Tai Chi. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, What are some other good fighting styles? I don't um, know, like Kenpo, what's, Wait, what's Steven Seagal's Thai, fighting style? Aikido. Doesn't just every Steven Seagal movie count as... The Akito movie. He needs to make a movie called Akito at this point. Um, the first result is Akito. Uh, or, yeah, uh, Akito, Street Story 2. A Czech short uh, short film. Perhaps it means something different in Czech. Maybe. But I looked I looked under the, the here are the top Akito movies. Under Siege uh, with Tom Cruise, I think. Um, 92. Steve Seagal's in that one too. Oh, he is. That Above was like the his law. big role. Oh, that is that is young Seagal. Oh God, it's it's pre Seagal. Yeah, he used um, to be like a law. convincing action star, and then he got too fat to kick. Yeah, executive decision, never say never again, and then contract to kill, which is that's the Steven Seagal I know. It's <laughs> the one I know in my heart, which is. He's got he's got the coffee cup stained mouth. He's got the he's got the sunglasses, the slick back hair, and he's carrying a gun that's three stories tall. <laughs> and he probably moves five inches in the movie. Amazing. 
and then, and then the next one after that is hard to kill <laughs> also by Steven Seagal yeah all right so we're we're looking out for the next film that's named after a fighting style um oh wait one so, all right i got Kenpo. one more check <laughs> or muay thai taekwondo Mm-hmm. Of course, okay, karate we do have has shadow boxer, but that's a that's like a crime thriller movie, not a kung fu movie. Because isn't that what um isn't that kind of like the translation of kung fu? Um, I feel like it's it's like shadow boxing or something like that. I don't know. I know karate is empty hand. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's the only one I know because Kara right. is empty. Because we that's a term that's used by the Japanese players in fighting games a lot. Gotcha. Um well, there's there's room. Yeah, Get there's on it, there's guys. plenty of fighting styles. You you can have your place in history. Um <laughs> Muay Thai needs of justice. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. What else we got? That's that's it for trailers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 it. Um, let's take a look at the final domestic box office of 2020. Thank the final fucking domestic. God. Um, uh, weekend 52, the 25th, to the 27th of December. In number one, we have Wonder Woman 1984, $16,700,000 for Wonder Woman 1984. HBO Max just put out their internet numbers. They're like, here, it's a big blockbuster, guys. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go to the theater if I can watch it at home. <laughs> Are you fucking <laughs> nuts? Um, yeah. 68 yeah. million international, 85 million worldwide. Very respectable pandemic numbers there. Um, mm. But boy, howdy, is that bad. Um, yeah. What's the drop off? What's the cliff? We go down 14 and a half million almost. To News of the World, the Tom Hanks movie, which did an impressive $2.25 million (coughs) in its uh, opening weekend here in 1900 theaters. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I was going to say, let's do that as our spotlight film, but I I spotted one lower (laughs) that that we have to uh, to check out. Um, it's it's giving me grief when I'm trying to do it, so I'll just I'll just type the name in the the chat. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> all right, where was I? Oh yeah, News of the World did pretty pretty well. Uh, let's see if it did anything overseas. Uh, nope, but it's increased its total to three point seven million since then. So crude's the new age, a new age. Down sixteen percent. That's a pretty small drop. Uh, seventeen or one point seven million. Uh, one point one two five for Monster Hunter, sliding all the way down to fourth. Down forty eight point nine percent. Kirsten 
good friend of ours uh, posted on our Facebook page, uh, don't believe the hype or don't believe the critics or something. Monster Hunter was awesome or was hype. And I was like, oh, you are hard to be friends oh, okay. with sometimes. Um, I've never, I maybe maybe we should watch it, but um, it's got Mila Djokovic in it. It can't be great. It's it's like law of the universe. Well, I guess the fifth mm-hmm. element's pretty good, but it's pretty. I said pretty good, not great. Difference. Um, so perhaps it can be pretty good. That's how that logic perhaps. works, right? Uh, promising young woman. Uh, this movie actually drum drummed up a little bit of controversy, I should say, um, because a certain reviewer thought that the lead actress wasn't attractive enough to be believable in the role of basically a girl who just honeypots people. Mm, okay. Um, what else we got? Because I'm, I'm farming. Here's some good content I want you just sent me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to pull that up myself. Uh, multitasking. We, um, we multitask because we are real reviewers, made with real reviewer traits, and that includes multitasking capability. Yes. Um, that is very important. Oh, it's a 2019 film. Interesting. Um, Fatale in six down from third six hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars down twenty eight point one percent and our spotlight film this week pinocchio opening in seventh roadside attractions is the distributor you know it's good when you've never heard of them mm. um it made 20 million dollars internationally that's crazy wow. so according to imdb here this is actually a movie that was made in 2019 uh but it released Christmas in the U.S., so go figure. Um, it's got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, which is interestingly high. Uh, 63% mm-hmm. on Metacritic. And it has a 87% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So overall, it's being positively reviewed by critics but a closer examination you'll notice the discrepancy in the force here um (laughs) pinocchio only has a 38 percent audience score yeah that's fucking low which means this is a polarizing movie and you have to do some digging you have to talk to real reviewers with real reviewer traits and only imdb has fostered the community that can attract such individuals who will just <laughs> review anything and just talk about anything. whatever in their reviews. That's uh, our people. That's our people right there. Don't need don't need to to make sense. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. You don't need no credit card. Uh, <laughs> and we'll. Uh, I didn't screen these, so this, this is going to be interesting. Um, I got I got Jake. I'm picking up Jake Slack today. Okay. I have a 10 out of 10 by Itagaki04154. Uh, wow! 
a Pinocchio like you've never seen as Garon's take on ancient fables. Like his previous tale of the tales demonstrates is to recover from the recover from them the original adult, dark, grotesque, and disturbing aspects and to retelling it with his very distinctive style. Visually beautiful, everything in this movie is top-notch, from the beautiful cinematography to the great score of Academy Award winner Marinelli, from the (laughs) elaborate costumes to the excellent sets, which look really authentic 1800s. Oh, you you know that on authority. You lived in the 1800s? Man might know. Man might be an architect. Special mention to real special effects of the movie those are called practical effects um the (laughs) stunning makeup by academy award winner mark collier roberto benigni who had been a terrible pinocchio in the infamous 2000 bomb does his best performance since la vita y bella as a credible tender poetic geppetto the rest of the cast is also very good. So he wrote this review, and uh, he shouted out all his friends. That's that's the I only mean, thing I can think. Forty five out of seventy nine found that helpful. I'll give him. It was very thorough. Yeah, that's fair. On the other hand, uh, we have Meshborg sixty eight with his one out of ten review. Pinocchio. Ha! I get it. Ah, uh, jokes unbelievable i can't remember the last time i was so bored and annoyed at equal measures watching a film non-stop loud stupid voiceovers creepy characters and i mean creepy in the wrong way don't take your kids and to think i was worried going to see because i thought it was a disney film five out of 25 found that one helpful okay well i'll i'll take one of yours i guess if you're gonna we'll just do them in order how they come up okay um, so you can grab a 10-star, I guess, and then I'll do a one-star. Oh, geez, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't think that through when I said it. <laughs> uh, no, I'll grab this one, too. I, I, I gotcha. Because this, I got a real humdinger for you. All right. All right, I get a real 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10 from J. Marie Mitchell. Uh, title of the review is... Period. It's just a period. <laughs> Uh, um, it's okay. A bit boring, and storyline is a bit difficult to understand, and it isn't like the original. The cricket isn't involved as much as he is in the original film. Not really the standards I would expect from a Disney remake. Lucky I got cinema tickets for free, otherwise I would have been really disappointed. (laughs) My son seemed to enjoy it, which was the main reason I didn't leave. The film is definitely up to an individual's taste. One out of fifteen found that helpful. Alright. That's right. Free tickets will keep you there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Old Vinyl has a 10 out of 10 review of Pinocchio. <laughs> Old Vinyl, is that what he calls his hat? <laughs> a genuine 10-star review. I cannot fault this film. It's creepy, yet surreal atmosphere. That's the wrong version of its, by the way. Reminded me, it's very much of a Polish version of Alice in Wonderland I watched years ago. The child actor who plays the puppet acts his part superbly. In fact, all the acting is just great. The part of the snail lady is simultaneously very creepy and heartwarming, a combination that few films achieve to this degree. 
The cinematography can't be faulted and the musical score is appropriate and adds to it rather than detracts from the story. That is a very weird a positive adds to rather than detracts <laughs> detracts I'm sure. Uh, the story, the transformation of the puppet into the boy was so well executed that I almost leapt out of my chair. It is very, very rare for me to award 10 stars to a film, but this one deserves it. Um, how many? Yeah, I what need, else does he review? I need to see what else he has reviewed. Uh, War Machine, Brad Pitt, the zombie actor. I couldn't watch more than 20 minutes of this direct. Brad Pitt seemed to have lost the power of speech as well as the power of acting, just stood around like a zombie. He looked as if he had dementia and couldn't figure out what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, Peace. Blair Witch Project in uniform. Or that's... Yeah, that's Peace. But it's called Recon on the poster. That's weird. Uh, The Gentleman. Just terrible, overacted, and inconvincing. The Gentleman was good. I don't know what the fuck this guy's on about. Uh, Saving Magambo. Automation. Framing John DeLoron, three-way crack in the system. A lot of stuff you just don't hear about. Uh, Rocket Man, you there. will cry. You. <laughs> uh, Triple Frontier, there's zero out of ten, not one out of ten. All right, there we can oh, agree. Perfect. Um, he seems to hate most things. So it is rare that he gives a, a ten out of ten. Yeah, but... He's got very questionable taste in music. I see. Or not music, uh, movies. Movies. <laughs> Deepwater yeah. Horizon might make you shout out loud. Ah! Oh, hold Just on. Just watching the movie. Ah! Yeah. Uh, one out of ten, five, ten. He gave ten out of ten to Automation. He gave a ten out of ten to Rocket Man. He usually only scores things one, ten, or eight. <laughs> <laughs> he gave ten out of ten to Train to Busan. Seven out of ten to Deepwater okay. Horizon. Ten out of ten to Clockwise. There are a lot of ten out of tens in here. I don't know what he's on about. Thirty-two uh, reviews. One, uh, two, three, four, four. Four ten out of ten, so that's like eight. That's, oh, I'm sorry. That's twelve percent of his movies. Five ten out of tens. Yeah, it's twelve and a half percent, which is uncommon at best. That's an eighth, and not yeah. Right. Like one out of every eight movies, you give a ten out of ten. <laughs> I I do better than uh, my D eight. Um, yeah, I got one here for one oh. star. Um, okay. Simply awful. The worst movie I've seen at the cinema. Terrible dubbing, awful acting, unlikable characters, harrowing images for children, children, hanging children and drowning donkeys. How is this rated PG? I'll never know. Do not make <laughs> the mistake of watching this film, hoping it will be like other live-action remakes cartoons. It is anything but, and I'm actually angry at how bad it is. Did y'all not see the original Pinocchio? Do y'all not know the original Pinocchio story? It's kind of fucked. Don't let um, young kids see this. <laughs> see, Bruce. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Sor Sistefano uh, for his 4 out of 10 review. Uh, boring. 
nice costume, but it is only it is the only pro. All the other is cons. <laughs> Twenty nine out of seventy found that one helpful, but the one I also want to talk about was Fangino's review is five out of ten. Fangino, thank you. For making me hate Pinocchio even more. <laughs> wow. I've always thought this little wooden boy was such an ungrateful, selfish, cold brat. He simply didn't give a damn about no one, was warned a thousand times, and had a hundred new opportunities. He gives an awful example to kids that although you are bad, you can do whatever you want, and somehow you always have a new chance to start again. Even if you make people suffer. Just skip school and have fun. Don't worry about anything. You can be a criminal and there's always a new opportunity. The film was technically done very well. I dislike the creatures like the monkey judge and the slug. To me, they were totally unnecessary. Also, the blue fairy in the animation was so magical. In this movie, she was so lame. It made me feel angry and tired of that little prick. Roberto Benghini plays himself, always the same. <laughs> and that's it. I feel disgusted by the values presented in this story. 15 out of 27 found that one helpful. <laughs> that was... That was something. I I enjoyed that thoroughly. I don't know about all you out there, but that hit me where where, where that where, review where might have been better than the movie, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the final word on Pinocchio. This man has spoken. From Frangino spoke through me from the I lips was, of I was God. The Uh, Elf and its 2020 release down 68.5%. Oh, that holiday spirit went bye-bye. Only in 300 theaters, though. So it lost half its theaters. So that explains why it lost about half its money. (laughs) $115,000. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2020 release down 45.2% to $91,000. The War of Grandpa. Available at your red box. For two dollars, <laughs> brought in eighty nine thousand dollars in theaters, down forty seven point five percent out of two hundred eighty theaters. Twelve weeks. What's it's? It's made eighteen million dollars in twelve weeks. That's a terrible average. Oh my god. Uh, that rounds out the top ten. Uh, Christmas Story re-release opened in 15th. Uh, Solo, Brachuf, So Better. Brathuk. Solo, Brathuk, So Better. I bet you that's a Bollywood film. It is. Ho-ho. Adam. Um, Made $35,000. And The Dissident opened in 19th with The New Mutants is in its 18th week in theaters in 34. Oh, oh no. $23 million. That's also available at your local Redbox for $2. Hooray. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Redbox. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. But, hey, Redbox, I'm open to sponsorship opportunities. Do they have Redbox on cruise ships? Or they, if they have it at, on cruise ships or at the beaches, their slogan should be "Surf the Red Tide." Red box. I don't think people want to think about surfing the Red Tide. Um, 
sounds like a euphemism for oral sex on a girl's period. Yeah, uh, then I guess, uh, yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Um, maybe they should put it in your restaurants, you know, when you take it out. So, you know, um, come home and eat out with Redbox. You know, with all those people doing takeout, uh, no, I know what the joke was, but with all these people doing takeout, that's actually I not mean, a terrible idea. Get your dinner in a movie, mm-hmm. but then you have to go back to the restaurant. So I guess it's a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit weirder. Oh, well. All right. We got gaming news to discuss. Not a whole lot of it, but there is some out there. Uh, the big news this week, and it's, it's still a rumor, but it, it, it's a pretty solid rumor at this point, so I feel comfortable reporting on it. And that is that uh, Ubisoft Plus, Ubisoft's uh, game subscription service, might be going the way of EA Play and being folded into an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, uh, giving Game Pass subscribers such as myself access to a, a swath of Ubisoft titles play at their leisure uh that would be a big deal if they could strike this bargain and uh not raise the price of game pass ultimate um the ea play integration was nice but they are ea games so it's like yeah uh... (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i um i feel like video game distribution streaming or subscription services haven't been able to get off the ground in the same way movies uh, subservices have because I feel like I, I think there's just a complexity barrier because like with a with a Netflix and HBO Max a, a Peacock Plus <laughs> you know you just hit the button and like here now you're signed up do it on your browser but with like a subscription service you gotta download the client you gotta like sign up there and that's just too much for people <laughs> which is fine I'm not advocating for more more street competing streaming services no um, i've I've been pleased with services. game pass um i think the way it handles its business works for what it is um mm. and uh it's been nice to play a bunch of games and always be like oh yeah, I've played all the. I've beaten all the games I have to play, and like you can always go back and, and play some other games that you've liked. But it's it's just nice to be like, oh, here's a game that I probably wouldn't have bought, but looks interesting. Here, let me try it. And being able to do that through a hundred percent legal channels is a uh, nice, nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah. And like it, like the uh, the one game pass game I finished, uh, Outer Worlds, like I'm really glad I bought that on Game Pass because if I had paid thirty bucks for that, I think I would have been disappointed by the lack of content in it. Mm-hmm. But now I was able to play it. It's like okay, yeah, I I was I played the game, I understood the game, and uh, time to move on with our our lives. So we go. We're done. Uninstall. Move on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping that that comes to fruition. Um, so a lot of websites are doing their lists for, uh, the most anticipated games of 2021. Uh, so I thought I got the one from tech radar here. So let's, let's go through and, and see what some of the games we had to look forward to here. 
Elden Ring is their number one entry here. Elden Ring is one of, if not the most anticipated games on this list. Action RPG f- by From Software and published by okay. Bandai Namco. It's promises to be a jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping collaboration between Dark Souls director Hidaka Miyazaki and Song of Ice and Fire writer George R. R. Martin. Oh, so it's Game of so Thrones meets Dark Souls. Of his next book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, New World. A highly anticipated New World is oh, that's the uh, MMO RPG from Amazon Games. Oh right. Highly anticipated, sure. Ruined King, a League of Legends story, is Riot's uh, turn-based RPG League of Legends game with a rich storyline, they claim. Crimson Desert is an MMO fantasy action RPG set for release in winter 2021. It looks to be a visually stunning affair. Uh, Evil West. Evil West's single-player narrative-driven action beat-em-up published by Focus Home Interactive and developed by Flying Wild Hog. Sent around a gunslinging cowboy superhero fighting to save the Old West from a plethora of vampires and monsters. Mm-hmm. Path of Exile okay. 2, Backblood, Warhammer 40k, Darktide, Humankind, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, And that's their top ten. Nice. In uh, I have I actually have a piece of news. Go for it. And I'm, and I'm sorry, everyone, for not reporting on this sooner because we had our show last week, and I neglected to report it. I might I may not have known about it at the time, but um, as you all know, Flash uh is gone. Yeah, it's not supported by anything except the obscure browsers. Security but... patches have stopped officially. Um, with two days, with ten days left in the year, though, ten days before the end of the year, and Flash died forever. Uh, famed internet animator, uh, the um, the Chapman brothers of HomestarRunner.com fame, finished their their long hiatus game Stinko Man. Um, the Flash game was developed in I want to say like two thousand mid two thousands as a parody of their episode, which was a parody <laughs> of their strong, bad email segment. Cause so they have the strong, bad answers, email segment, which y'all should go back and check out. It's all on YouTube. Now hilarious. It, it just warps you back to 2003, like before YouTube internet. <laughs> um, and one of them was he, he imagined himself as an anime character. And then they took that anime character and turned it into a video game of the flash game. And they finished nine levels, and they're like, we'll get the tenth level out sometime. And they never did until literally, like, 12 days ago. They're like, guys, Flash is about to be over, but here's the tenth level. Finish the game now. (laughs) Um, And it was enjoyable. So I would say go watch a playthrough if you can. And if you can find it, if you can get a way to get Flash going, um, go play it. Yeah, it's I'm the, sure. It, I would consider it the some... final, the final level of Flash in my mind. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some, uh, like f- community replacement for Flash that will allow older Flash games, like a Flash emulator. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. 
I'm sure it was something like that because Flash has been around for so long. Um, I'm sure something like that, like the base code for that, would probably wouldn't be too terribly difficult to put together. I don't know anything about programming, so maybe I'm way off on that assertion. But maybe. Um. So. Three DLC is coming to Night City and Cyberpunk 2077 in early 21. 20, yeah, early 2021. Okay. Um, so they're working on DLC still. They're still working on fixes. There's another big patch due out this month. Uh, probably this week or next it'll hit. Um, and the rumor is that's going to be a lot of bug fixes and a lot of improvements to uh, all versions of the game. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Uh, had planned on doing a review of Cyberpunk uh, today, but I actually want to write it because if I try to do it offhand, off the dome, I'm gonna yeah. miss a lot of shit. Um, and I haven't begun writing my review yet, so I will do that over the yeah. course. And of the I week. think, and from what you've told us already, I think it's important to have a cogent argument because a lot of people might be. Might get be might be giving you pushback against it. Yeah. But uh Fuck 'em. <laughs> it's my fuck award. Em. You're welcome to start your ha. own podcast and award your own game of the year. I had the most fun playing Cyberpunk this year. And on my main PC it ran fine. I didn't really encounter anything <laughs> that was game breaking. Yeah, there was weirdness here and there. And it wasn't as high performing as I wanted, but the story and the gameplay and everything else was really good. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, any other? We got a couple other news? stories here. I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to out. stretch the length here. We're only that hour in. Um, so Valve has released their top Steam titles from last year, so we can uh, get an insight as to. Where everyone's gaming hours were spent, at least Steam users, uh, Dota 2 <laughs> was the hot... I don't think these are yeah. in... Oh, these are in the order Valve presented them, so not necessarily the highest grossing um, games, but this is their top 100, I guess. Dota 2, Doom Eternal, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Grand Theft Auto 5... Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2, Rainbow Six Siege, Counter-Strike, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, Among Us, Destiny 2, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, were some highlights. Uh, Other notable entries are the Master Chief Collection, uh, Grounded, Stardew Valley, Marvel's Avengers, Half-Life Alex. Wait, Marvel's Avengers? Yeah. Really? A lot of people bought it, I guess. And then Awkward. stopped playing it. Um, and Half-Life Alex. So it was a pretty good year for gaming when you put it all in perspective like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that article's for me. Just like the cookies that you leave for Santa, they're actually for me. 
I come and I eat them. I come into your house cookies. late at night and I eat cookies that you leave out. You ever wonder why? Hey, I bought this big thing of cookies from Costco and now they're all gone. That's me. I'm the one doing that. <laughs> we made so many cookies for Christmas. There were every every container in the house at my house was filled with cookies and brownies. And these aren't like when we, when I say brownies, I don't have the same brownie history as the rest of y'all. But did you combine them like the Domino's Brookie? <laughs> no, because my brownies, like I said, they're not just the the brown cake batter thing with the crumbly crust. No, um, my family makes them with an inch of fudge cream frosting on top. So it's half cake, half fudge, and then you put sprinkles on it. It's... We literally call them the fantasy brownies because they are too decadent to exist in this world. <laughs> it's it's four inches tall. I would probably like die if I ate one of those. Good God, they're so delicious. Or at least have diabetes. <laughs> you can I could subsist on one bite of those, like for real. Um, and speaking of milk and cookies, this this movie that we watched, Fat Man, has the most badass milk drinking scene I think in cinema. <laughs> I mean, Thanks, Mel Gibson. Yeah. If you don't count professional wrestling as cinema, because the most badass milk drinking scene in the history of cinema yeah. in that case is Kurt Angle on the milk truck. That's true. Oh, what about um? Well, I guess it doesn't count because it's a milkshake. This is it's a cousin. Uh, I need to figure out. I need to remember what movie that's from. There will be blood. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. Filled her belly with my festering seeds. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So <laughs> Fat Man is actually not terrible. Like, let me be clear. This is not an objectively good movie. No. The premise is way out there. It's... And, like, it, it, there's little of, of plot consequence things just kind of happen the conflict is is very non-present for much of the movie and then hyper present for like five minutes so there's stuff wrong with this i'm not you're not gonna hear fat man on on the list of uh best movies uh when when i do a list no. of best movies ever but they played it right which was they made it a dark comedy. Yes, they they leaned into the ridiculousness of what they have created and they made a fun movie. And there is a difference between a good movie and a fun movie. A good movie is usually a fun movie. I don't I, it might be like a rectangles and squares situation where all good mm -hmm. movies are fun movies, but not all fun movies are good movies. Um I can think of some pretty depressing good movies, to be fair. Yeah. Um, no, 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 off the top of my head, though. Um, I could look back. I could look back at these guys and point one out. I'm sure. I just don't want to. What a strong argument Peter presents here. Yeah. Let's look back as he says. I totally can think of some. Just just not. I can't think of any. Um, I mean, what? 12 Angry Men? You know? Really good movie. Yeah. Not terribly fun. That's on the list. Um fucking 
Well, the thing is, I don't. I, I watch a lot of fun movies. I usually don't watch like sad but de- sad but good movies. You know, like Chernobyl. Chernobyl is a good series. I wouldn't call it fun. Yeah, or I objectively depressing. Anyways, this movie was fun. Yes, because Mel Gibson and I forget who the hitman guy is. Uh, Walton Goggins. Yeah, oh, Walton Goggins. They 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 put they put it in. They haven't been acting all year, or whatever, and they're just like, I really want to be in a movie. So whatever job I'll get, I'll just I'll go in whole hog. Yeah, they certainly did not phone it in. They were I I would call it chewing the scenery even at some points maybe maybe a little bit yeah. um so it really is a movie about uh characters it's about family that's what's so that's what's so good about it no um because you have Mel Gibson as Santa in this interpretation he is a middle America like factory manager kind of guy <laughs> yeah. Who lives out on his Montana ranch and shoots tin cans and then gets Christmas cookies. And then you have Walton Goggins as like a reasonably good hitman. He's not the best. Well, they try to make him out good. to be the best, because he like takes out a whole Oh yeah, he takes out the whole army platoon, but yeah. and like That's he sets a, the course record and all that. But he has, yeah, he's a hitman who has an obsession with Santa Claus because he was abused as a child and for some reason hates Santa because he couldn't take his parents away or take him away. Yeah, from he wished parents. for, can I get new parents for Christmas? And Santa's like, I can't do that. I can't do, I can't do that, son. I can't do a good Mel Gibson voice because um, he is just like, he's giving me like Ron Swanson gruff vibes, you know? Well, at this stage of his um, life, he is very gruff. Yeah. So you have those two. Those are the two opposing parties. And then you have the kid who is, he's like mini business exec. Yeah, the kid and who his... uh, is oh, much shit. better Artemis Fowl than... <laughs> yeah, for real. He's, he is what Artemis Fowl, he is who Artemis Fowl should have been. Um... And he's just like, I just want to, he's childish, you know, he's like, I want to win the science fair, so I'll, so I'll torture the other, <laughs> the yeah. other um, girl. I got coal in my stocking because I tortured people, so I need, I need Walton Goggins to kill Santa Claus. And then you have the, um, you have the elves, which are like, again, they're like Ford factory workers. Yeah. They're on the line. They're making toys. And uh, and then you have the army who's got them in a government contract to build uh, targeting systems for missiles. Which they have to do because the regular money, they're, they're not generating as much money for the economy with the Christmas spirit. And so their contract's mm. being halved and they can't make ends meet. It's like a very... <laughs> I know it's so very like we're gonna lose the farm paw storyline here. It really has a lot of those beats, and that's that's what a lot of this movie. It's a lot of setup for a five minute action sequence. Yeah, for a couple of them and uh, a quick resolution, which I guess is fine. But um, 
just because these they, it's all just them going around and acting their character and being like, I'm in, I'm acting. I, my, I don't, I don't know if we can do it. I, yeah. I don't want the elves to see us like this. I did, <laughs> The one let him down. I survived. I survived Christmas. He comes back with a fucking gunshot wound. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of like, it's a lot of stereotypical um, country gruff living middle America kind of deal, except it's Santa Claus, and that's what makes it really funny. Um, and similarly, like, uh, Walton Goggins as this like, like maniacal like kind of um mentally like off killer and he's just like what'd you get for christmas yeah. did you grow up to be an athlete baseball bat i'll find you yeah him and his hamster which was a weird character trait they gave him for no reason i liked it though what that happened was, to the, the hamster shop was great <laughs> well i think i think um chris he gets the he just takes the hamster. He's like, I'll I'll take care of it. I hope so. Um because it was on his desk at the end. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's at the pet shop and Lee's like, I think you're because he's dressed in all black and like stu- super stereotypical hitman uniform, you know, with his duffel bag and all that. And she's like, I think you're more of a snake person, like a like a reptile. He's like, I'm a hamster person. <laughs> you were you remind me of my mother. She was a terrible lesson. She never knew when to shut, the, to shut fuck up. the fuck up. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great fucking line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he like... I, I love the scene where he's getting ready, and he slicks back his creepy-ass hair. Yeah, and he's he looking right for... Uh, like a fashionable choice for... <laughs> yeah. When he goes to wax Santa Claus. hate fucking green too many twigs everywhere as he's in the hunting store you see his like duffel bag where it's full of black and slightly darker black turtlenecks yeah he opens up like the cowboys and indians closet to reveal his gun rack oh it's it's all the little things and he just he just plays it so straight that all the jokes just like they fire off him it's like throwing pop rocks on the ground you know everything just explodes off the hard surface that is his uh his characterization and it's that's I, that's what's funny. It's just all these little things. Um, it's just sort of a collision course of him at the behest of the the little snot trying to track down Santa. He's like, I gotta go back to old school. Well, it's part tra- of, like he has the the score to settle too. Mm-hmm. Like he played on the obsession because he probably wouldn't have taken the job otherwise. Because it's a lot of legwork. Right. Yeah, I also like how he just kills everyone he meets. Whether whether he has to or not, pretty much everyone. Few like he just court. he talks to, he could have found he probably could have found a way into he he goes to track down the letters, after he he goes back to his roots he's like I'll find the I'll find the way to him, and he talks to a mailman and he's like you need to talk to the director for that he's like okay and then he turns around and shoots him and like takes his uniform yeah and he goes in and he shoots the mail director the director of the the post office. And I just didn't like. He is not subtle. No, he is just leaving a trail of bodies behind him. I yeah, like the, which um, you would think for a professional, he'd know not to do. It's a bad move. Um, 
I like the I like the montage of him in Canada, where he's just like driving through and petting his hamster. <laughs> yeah, the, all the random shit on the radio. He's like, and it's supposed. This is like this is our antagonist. This is the hitman who's gonna kill Santa. He's just driving through. He's like eating fucking Carl Juniors in the car, yeah. taking a piss on the side of the road, emptying. It's, fucking waterfall. Oh, yeah, it takes the piss bottle. He just fucking empties out in the street. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was a funny movie. Um, and then we get to the... Cli- spoilers, we get to the climax. He tracks down Santa. He takes out, um, like, the entire army detachment that's overseeing the missile guidance manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And, and when he starts... I, I have to say, when he gets into the factory and the, the foreman elf seven is like he hits the alarm and all the all the um elves go into like the shelf into the domestic fridge <laughs> um I, there was it was weird that that hit a little too close to home i'm like this is giving me like school shooter vibes yeah. this, is, this is too this is too mundane it's too close to home i don't know about this but then um then then the the elves are all safe they all they all make it safe but then they start throwing like pipe bombs everywhere and gets wild yeah he takes out the whole army detachment and then we have this then he then santa comes out dual wielding pistols yeah and he gets got he gets murked santa gets murked but apparently they're just immortal (laughs) yeah it's uh well the thing is like the whole action sequence is i don't know it's like quiet and subtle because it's a standoff. It starts out with they're just standing on the opposite side of this nearly open, like, winter field. And it's stark white. With him, with um, the hitman, with his, his uh, scoped rifle. And Santa with a fucking, like, a Luger and a, and a Glock. He's just standing there like, you think you're the first, son? <laughs> you, th- you think you're the first one who wanted to come here? You're not me. the first one to come here. <laughs> You're a sick and then, man. And we get to see some sick cover-based tactical shooting. Yeah. I, I did like that where he runs right up to the cover and like hides on the other side of it. That was that was choice. And then he fucking slams Walter Goggins' head with the fucking lumber piece. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets knifed through the... He gets like a knee knife. I think that's what it was. Yeah, he got his cyberware fucking... Uh... Yeah upgraded and then yeah he gets and he just gets blown away right through the eye and then mrs claus fucking uh yeah yeah, ruth she she one shots him through the shoulder just wings him and then hides behind the door yeah leaving a false trail of blood and takes him out um they just wake him up and then santa goes to visit the shit kid and warns him that he's gonna take (laughs) with his fucking with his eye like that's also, that's again, that's a fantastic scene. Like this, these action scenes belong in more high-profile movies. This is like the kind of well choreographed, like fully put together action scene that I would expect in a a blockbuster. Um, yeah, so he goes to see the kid, and he's wearing like his eye patch because again, he his eyes been blown out. He and he's. Like Ruth comes behind him like a Bond villain girlfriend, yeah, and like takes off his hood like he's the Don or whatever. The kid's like trying to kill his grandma by putting fentanyl in yeah. in his milk, and he just fucking chugs the whole thing. He's like, fentanyl, that'll do it. He's been uh, 
like stealing her money to pay for the hitman because they don't mm-hmm. explain ever what the family business is or why they have money or it doesn't really matter what's but going. it doesn't matter but it's shady rich people shit yeah um yeah and then he's so chris is he's trying to be proactive and he's like i'm trying to be proactive this year so i'll give you one last chance and then he stands up and he fucking pulls off his eye patch to show his like bloody stump eye <laughs> It, it just fucking leans for that was a great little moment because his whole his left half is or the whatever half of his face is covered in shadow for the whole monologue that he gives the kid and then the final part he leans forward and it comes into the light <laughs> yeah and you get to see like the the intimidating nasty wound that he got he's like i'm just gonna fucking i'm gonna murk you kid it's fucking grossness yeah yeah that was fat man it's a solid movie Mm-hmm. Just I watchable. No, no real, no real struggle. I I chuckled. I was surprised. I was like, no, you can't just kill him like that. You can't do that. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's not how I thought this would go. <laughs> I, I thought I originally thought doing... everyone was going to end up dead after he killed Santa mm-hmm. Claus. I'm like, oh, I guess it's just one of those. Everyone dies movies, but mm-hmm. no, it's I like and swerved. again, it's the little jokes, you know. Like it's never, it's never gone right, Santa. Well, it was that one time in nineteen ten. Well, we had a war right after that. I don't call that a, I don't call that a success. Yeah, I, it's it's good. It's good to just again, sit, yeah, sit and watch it. I might, I might uh, watch it again next Christmas. Yeah, it might get lumped into the rotation of Christmas movies I watched. The 60s Grinch cartoon and uh, Die Hard, you know, the Christmas mm-hmm. essentials, really. Uh, Fat Man yeah. might might take up a spot on that mantle. Who knows? But what I do know is that that's going to wrap up here on episode 244. Check out SaturnStuds.com. Links to all the social media and shit there. We're on Twitter. At Studs Saturn, we're on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs. We're on Twitch, Twitch slash Saturn Studs. And uh, we're playing Hylix 2. Oh, yeah. Tonight. So that, that should be interesting. And um, yeah, YouTube channel for past stream archives. Again, all those links available for you on SaturnStuds.com. Please. If you enjoy the show, leave us a good review on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps us out with our growth and whatnot. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Have a good 2020. Yeah, fuck 2020. Happy 2021. We're going to make this year a bitch collectively. It will be the town bicycle. Get passed around. (laughs) All right. All right. See you later. See ya.